Stay true, stay real, stay righteous. What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? I'm going to have me, because it's spooky season, I'm going to have me a, a spooky drink. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Penance. Woo! It sounds. It reminds me of a. That sounds like a heavy metal band name. Dark penance. No, that's that's the name of it, and it's from a company called Founders Brewing Company, from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids. I think that's actually. Is that, uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I was thinking of GM, but they're located in Detroit, right? Well, I think there is, I, I think there's GM facilities uh, in, in really numerous areas. Through, right. Yeah, and I think there is a GM facility in Grand Rapids. I know that because I work in automotive. <laughs> That's its own scary, That's its own scary story right there. <laughs> I had some really interesting adventures in, in manufacturing. It's a very, uh... I met a lot of really interesting people. <laughs> I agree. They're still in, they're still interesting people. Absolutely, in and I met a lot of I met a lot of good people. A lot of people that helped me figure a lot of things out about life and myself. Thankful that you gave automotive manufacturing a chance when you did, because <laughs> I know I know you've you've told yeah. me before you'd probably never go back to that. I would prefer not to. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's a yeah. tough job. Yeah. Anybody well, anybody that's involved in it from. <laughs> From a line worker all the way up to the general manager will tell you it's tough. Yeah. It's a tough business to be in. One of the major factors of working in manufacturing, and almost anybody who ever works in it can probably attest to it, but man, you, you just you work so much. Whatever I'm well, you know, it, it, you know, and even talking about weekends, you know, a lot of people, that's when they're they're catching up on their other responsibilities, right? Right, right. Talking to friends and family, trying to catch up on what's going on with them. They probably haven't seen them all week, right? They've been working and going home and <laughs> going through the routines, right? And then, or, you know, uh, getting their laundry done, cleaning the house, just lawn care, whatever. I mean, people fi- find themselves trying to catch up on all these things they don't have time for because they're working all the time. Right. That it's almost like the weekend's in a blink of an eye. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody's going to the show. So the last time that we got together, we were discussing the anthology of Friday the 13th. Correct. You were giving a synopsis of the first four movies. The fourth one being Friday the 13th, the final chapter. The final chapter, right. Which we were convinced would be the final chapter of <laughs> this story. I guess originally that was supposed to be the end of the film series. Well and, well, and and as someone who enjoys these movies, do you feel that it's a good ending to the whole to the saga? Well, without me knowing the other films, I mean sure, I guess so. Yeah. But obviously people loved it <laughs> and they wanted more right. and somebody saw an opportunity. They were like, Okay, well this guy's Beat done directing them. it or whatever, I'm gonna make my own version. <laughs> but the problem is you've killed Jason Voorhees, the main right. character that everything centers around. So mm-hmm. how do you create a Friday thirteenth film when his mom's dead and the main and he's dead person's dead as well? Right. 
somebody picks up this franchise and decides, I want to try to revitalize it. Mm-hmm. So out comes Friday the 13th, the new beginning. The new beginning. And so a new saga begins. Was it, Not so was really. It a reboot? Not really. No. So essentially what happens in this film, mm-hmm. you actually have a reoccurring character, Tommy Jarvis. You okay. Think that is the only reoccurring character in the film. Because you have a Jason Voorhees-like killer, but it turns out to be an impersonator. (laughs) No, seriously, this is a story. Tommy Jarvis, because after his experience in the last film, when he finally kills Jason, it traumatized him as a kid. So you find out he's been moved around to, uh, you know, a sane... Tommy was in trouble. Hospitals, and, right? He's got he's got issues. So they take him to this place that's like a ranch or a little farm where kids can go to kids <laughs> with troubled children or chil- troubled to the teenagers ranch. can go to be you know <laughs> reeducated or whatever. <laughs> Our mother of grace. So anyway, some shit happens on there, and you find out that that so in some in one part, one of the kids that are there ends up getting killed. Oh, yeah. And you find out later on in the film that the kid that was murdered, his father ends up being the one of the EMTs that picks up his mutilated body. You follow me? This guy, out of vengeance, ends up impersonating Jason <laughs> and killing these kids. So poor Tommy Jarvis... Is now got to deal with somebody who, just for whatever reason, decided they want to pick Jason Voorhees to be their their mimic. <laughs> it's to and they're, it. and they're killing. Except, you know, the weird thing is the only difference they have in the characters is that the mask. So in this, so traditionally, Jason Voorhees, his hockey mask has two definitive red marks. Okay, but in this film, he has two blue marks. Really, it's not really, Jason Voorhees. So the point is, this film goes by, they end up essentially taking out the killer, it's just a regular old guy. It's uh-huh. not until the next film that not only does Tommy Jarvis return, but now we take on a new adventure with the original <laughs> Jason Voorhees. No. Oh no! This is where the films start taking a supernatural turn. Oh, This, this right. guy wasn't already hard enough to kill and badass <laughs> when he was just a regular raged out, deformed <laughs> guy running, th- homeless guy living in the woods killing people now he's going to he's going to be brought back from the dead <laughs> naturally so the film starts tommy jarvis is now a little bit older played by yet again another actor so so out of the out of the three films that tommy jarvis shows have been three different actors for every po- stage of his life really okay Corey feldman played the original if anybody's familiar with Corey feldman he was pretty big yeah, in the 80s absolutely um, but he played the original child, Tommy Jarvis. Really? Okay. Then I, I don't remember the name of the guy that played the teen version of Tommy Jarvis. And then you had um, another, I, I'm not going to think of his name either, but the guy who played the last version of Tommy Jarvis has actually been in several 80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead 2. Mm-hmm. I think there was a few other films I've seen him in. But anyways, point is, so in this film it starts, Tommy Jarvis is now older, he somehow has been allowed to be released from his most recent hospital. Because apparently, they continue (laughs) this part. He's still being moved around because he can't recuperate. I mean, let's face it. He not only had to deal with the original Jason Voorhees, (laughs) 
He had to deal with a look-alike that just so happened copycat to want to be copycat killing on the same ranch that he's trying to recuperate in. So he's not. So he's been messed up his whole life. But they finally have allowed him to leave with one of his buddies. Right, right, okay. And you know what he wants to do? I want to go to Jason Voorhees' grave, the original Jason Voorhees. I want to dig him up. I want to. Lo- I want to put gasoline on him. I want to light him on fire because somehow that's going to put me to rest. <laughs> so he goes out to this graveyard, digs him up. So, so for him, it's almost kind of like a supernatural thing. At this it, it's point. just like this this thing he's got to get past. He yep. can't see him. The hospitals aren't helping him. So he says, <laughs> I've got to go physically watch his body be disintegrated for me to know, to know he's that gone. that evil is gone forever in the world. That's the way I take it. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this graveyard, digs him up. In the process, he gets enraged for whatever reason. Tommy Jarvis does. And he runs over and grabs a piece of an old rusted fence <laughs> and stabs it into Jason Voorhees' rotting corpse a few times. Uh-huh. And then leaves the spike in there as he gets up to go get his gas can. In the process, it just so happens that there is a thunderstorm happening. Oh, naturally. And at some point, a lightning bolt strikes this metal <laughs> pole that has been used to decimate to decimate Jason Voorhees' body. Desecrate. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said decimate. Desecrate right. his right. body. His corpse. And you just see this thing spark and electricity shoots into this rotting corpse. <laughs> that is now alive. Oh, like no. freaking Victor Frankenstein electricity, Jason Voorhees is back, and so it begins. Oh, so he's anybody's he, he's all like he's like zombie Jason. But now he's like undead Jason. You can shoot him, stab him, <laughs> oh, no. beat him. So they can't and essentially that's what takes place in the film. Nobody can kill him. He's unstoppable because he's the undead now, right? Okay, right, right. So Tommy Jarvis devises a plan that says the only way we're gonna stop him is I've got to take him out into the lake, tie tie a chain and a rock around him, and sink him to the bottom where he can't get out. He's basically going to be trapped <clears> and die underwater. Plan. Yeah. Because guess what? That's how he originally was killed, or uh, people thought he was killed, right? By right, drowning. Right. So essentially, he devises this plan. A fight ensues out in the middle of the lake. You know, some epic. He's, he's you know, Tommy Jarvis is dumping gasoline and lighting the water on fire to try to make Jason jump up out of the water, and they're fighting. And essentially, at some point, Jason gets sunk to the bottom of the lake, and you assume it's done. The movie ends, right? Right, right, right. Wrong! Jason isn't <laughs> done yet, because here comes Friday the 13th, The New Blood, and it gets, it gets even more insane. Oh, I love it. So in this film... It just so happens that, I guess because campgrounds can't, can't seem to survive at Crystal Lake, they put it up, <laughs> they allow people to build houses on the lakeside oh, now. Oh, no. And it shows this young girl running from her house, <laughs> and you find out that her dad's kind of a drunk, and he was a, probably smacking on her mom, and uh-huh. she's running away to escape yeah. him. <laughs> and she goes out in a rowboat in the middle of the water, and her dad comes running out, Honey, I'm sorry, you know, come back, don't be out there in the water, it's not safe or whatever. And in her rage, you find out that she's a psychic, or she's a, she's got telekinesis. <laughs> I'm serious, <laughs> this is how this starts. She has telekinesis, and in the process of her rage, she collapses the dock with her dad on it, and essentially kills him, it drowns him. With her, so, with her telekinesis powers. With her telekinesis powers, this young girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm even watching, I'm like, am I even watching a Friday huh? 13th? I'm watching Firestarter <laughs> right now. What is, what is, this? I'm watching Matilda. Matilda 2. 
But anyways. X-Men. No, seriously. So it fast forwards and she's a young teenage girl now. Of course she's <laughs> going to be. You know, naturally. But she's troubled. Right. So, <laughs> so she's been troubled by these, these haunting events that have happened in her past with her father dying. And it's caused a lot of grief in her life. Right. And of course she's been having to you find out that she's still very aware of her physical or her uh, telekinesis. She's actually very aware of it. Oh, okay. And what you find is... She mastered so, her so, powers... Her mom, herself, and her psychiatrist end up coming back to the same house where this event takes place. And it's all supposedly in the process. Her her psychiatrist keeps telling her this is all part of... He's trying to help her get through her emotional things, or so you believe. And you come <laughs> to find out that in the process, he's actually studying her psychic abilities. Her powers. Because he starts having these scenes where he's putting her under interrogation or asking her questions. And essentially gets her <laughs> riled up in the process to make her do something and catch it on film. Uh-huh. So anyway, so he's asleep. So how is he aware of her powers? So I guess he's discovered it. I guess as her psychiatrist <laughs> is trying to cope through it because as her emotions rise, There's a lot that's her activity arrives. Right. So no, it's, but it's, it's how insane it gets, right? The story's taking a whole other turn. We've got... We've got telekinesis. We've got people looking to expose the next. It's gone crazy. It's just insane, right? It just so happens that while they're at this house trying to recuperate, supposedly heal her from her past right. by being in the place where it happened, it just so happens that the house next door is being rented out by a bunch of young teens who want to have a getaway surprise party for their friends, right? <laughs> of course, got to have the parties. On the lake, right? And the young, you know, jocks and, you know... <laughs> nerds and stuff all hanging out having a good time and of course they begin to become friends with this girl and uh-huh. invite her over and stuff so anyways while this girl with telekinesis is there at the house in her moment of upset she runs out to the new doc uh-huh. and as she's thinking she starts closing her eyes and focusing really hard and she's thinking to herself if i use my telekinesis to kill my father maybe i can use it to bring him back to life <laughs> what she doesn't realize is that the life she brings back just so happens to be a floating Jason Voorhees that's tied to a rock where oh, Tommy Jarvis left him. He's still down there. She brings Jason Voorhees back to life instead. Oh, no. And so ensues the massacre. <laughs> he comes out, starts killing everybody at the rental house, kills the doctor, tries to kill mom. And so, anyways, this, this insane <laughs> fight ensues. By the way, Tommy Jarvis is not involved in this at all. He's off somewhere else by this point. Yeah. But anyways, you know, mass, you know, bloodshed <laughs> ensues. At the end, they're out on this dock. This girl and her man thing guy that's got to, you know, got to be there with her. They're they're backing up to the lake, and she's trying to use her telekinesis to do something to Jason. Uh huh. And right at the end, when he thinks he's getting ready to kill him. Her dad's corpse shoots through the dock and grabs Jason Voorhees and pulls him back down into the lake. <laughs> now, on to the next film. Oh, no. He lives again. Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> so, so what's he doing so in, this, in so the this is how this. So this is how this film begins, Okay. <laughs> There are these rich teenagers that have taken their parents' yacht, little houseboat or whatever, <laughs> and they're floating it out on Crystal Lake. Oh, okay. And, you know, they're out, it's just a guy and his girlfriend, and they're out there, you know, to get drunk and then, you know, fuck or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's traditional. At some point, as they anchor the boat, 
There's a camp, by the way, th- there's been a camp established there again, because you can see a camp in the background. But apparently, for whatever weird reason, the only way this camp could get its power supply is it ran a giant electrical cord <laughs> under the water up into the campsite. No, as this yes, I'm not. It's, <laughs> this is how insane it gets. So as they're they're driving their boat through that the lake, sounds like poor engineering. They <laughs> they drop their anchor oh, into the water to you know stop the boat, uh-huh. and it catches this power line and shoots electricity through the water, <laughs> and it just so happens to be close to this power line. Jason Voorhees' corpse sitting at the bottom of the lake. Yeah. He becomes electrocuted by this water and comes back to and life. he lives again. Again. God. And then a massacre ensues. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, most of the film is not even filmed in New York or Manhattan. It's filmed <laughs> on a cruise ship. I'm not joking. If you watch the film, it's really? very misleading. There's only like maybe 15 minutes at the very end of it that's actually shot in, in New York. So, so how, where does the cruise ship come into play? So, as like a senior trip for these high school students, they apparently get to go on a cruise to New York City. So as they're getting on the cruise ship, this houseboat that was there the, that was there at Crystal Lake the night before kind of comes up in the same dock area. Uh-huh. And essentially, Jason, I guess, was on the boat. I guess he knows how to drive a boat and park it because he does. And then it gets in the water and somehow gets on the cruise ship. And as they're on, they're in the middle of the ocean sailing to this cruise ship or sailing on this cruise ship. Jason's, you know, bloodshed and carnage, right? Right. And there's a brief, you know, 15 minutes or so of him doing some carnage in New York City. He walks down Times Square and, you know, you know, it shows the the most. Probably the things they showed in the trailer that was initially going to draw everybody in. Like, oh my right. gosh, I want to see. He's in I want to see Jason Voorhees kill. It's like it's like Predator Two. I want to see <laughs> Jason Voorhees just massacring people through the city. Right. And you only get a little bit of that. The rest of it's on a damn cruise ship. Right. Anyways, at the end of this film, Jason essentially is drowned in the New York sewers. He follows the, the the two survivors down to the sewers, and they end up flooding the sewers and drowning him in there. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so yet again, the, the, the drowning method is being put to the test. So so then we go into the next one, and really the final one that kind of follows the, the, that has any sort of connection to each other. You were talking about do they all um, sync together. Right. I'm like, to some degree, but maybe only as far as like, oh, he's back in the bottom of the lake where we saw him in the last one. Now a new way of bringing him back to life. But they kind of coincide in some weird, strange way. Right, right. So anyways, this last one is really where it kind of drops off. And then you get into like Jason X, which is like (laughs) Jason in space. So the final one is called Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. Oh, he's gone everywhere now. He's seen the world. Jason Goes to Hell. So this one is probably one of the most bizarre versions of it at all. (laughs) So essentially... It starts off with this girl going to Crystal Lake uh-huh. and ends up somehow drawing Jason Voorhees to her in this house. Apparently, he's alive, roaming the lakes again, but he's a supernatural being again. Oh, he ended up going and back home. as he's chasing this woman, he finds out she's actually an undercover FBI agent. <laughs> and he gets he comes into like an ambush, an FBI military ambush. Really? they've been searching for this killer, Jason Voorhees. And they just unload on. I mean, I'm talking about just fucking, you know, <laughs> over the top '80s type of like just 
guns that are blasts and stuff that don't even make sense. Yeah. Explosions, and eventually, they, like, they shoot him so much, he just, like, blows up. Right. <laughs> and, and afterwards, they're like, oh, we did a good job, everybody. You know, we trapped him or whatever. Go pick up all the body parts, and we need to take them in to be examined or whatever. Yeah. And so, anyways, they take it in his coroner's office. He finds that Jason Voorhees' heart is still beating, and apparently it's got some kind of weird parasite in it that has been driving Jason Voorhees to be this unstoppable being. Really? Now the parasite, throughout most of this movie, transfers through other people. It doesn't even show Jason Voorhees as a killer. It shows people being possessed by this... This this organism. Organism that makes them like go on these killing rampages. It makes them very hard to kill. Really? But at the very end, the, you find out that this parasite is causing these people to search for a very special book that can bring Jason's soul back from from hell to turn to his original form. The book just so happens to be the Necronomicon. Oh, really? From the Evil Dead series. Hey, that's pretty the cool. The Necronomicon is the book that starts, and it finds it. Find, one of the hosts finds this book and begins, you know, reading the scripture or whatever, and then revitalizes the real Jason Voorhees, you know, in his full form or whatever. Right, so, right. Know, a fight ensues and people get killed. In the end, they essentially use the same book to send him back to hell, and you see him getting dragged down by these, you know, demon hands or whatever. Very bizarre. Right, so it's kind of like some fan fiction. It, it's very, it starts to go very, very <laughs> strange. But interestingly enough, that film ends. The very last thing it shows, it shows his hockey mask sitting on the ground where his body had been pulled under. Uh huh. And you see Freddy Krueger's claw come out of the ground and grab the mask and push it under. Oh, and this really? Is before they had ever made Freddy versus Jason. But I feel like in the comics, maybe they had branched off on that at that point. Uh-huh. And so it's sort of a prelude to say, hey, this could be a potential crossover. Which they did end up doing, They right? did end up doing. Yeah. Man, that's a lot of lore. That's a lot of information to retain. And that's just the Friday the 13th movies. There's Shh. other series and franchises that uh, do the same thing. <laughs> you, <have> these, <laughs> you know, you kind of have an initial story, story that goes well, but at some point it... <laughs> It just kind of takes some bizarre turns, and then maybe they try to finish it off with a, a recap somehow by bringing it back around. I don't know. Well, as always, Chris, it's been a good time. I agree. And if you enjoy what you heard tonight, we are streaming on all major platforms, and you can check us out on any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, everybody stay true, stay real, stay righteous.